0: I'm the fastest reader in the world. I read a uh, 1,679
1: pages book
0: within two seconds. Yes. Go on. <laughs>
2: What is it? it? What It just was happened?
0: fast, so you didn't know I What ju-
2: What just happened, Nana? What, what What did you
0: learn from the book that you just read? You said what? In the first one is pretty good. I, w- I, w- I will chew your meat. Are you crazy? <laughs> a head to joke with you. I, w- I just read. I can read fast. You don't understand what you are reading. Then what's the point? Anybody can do what you just did. What kind of talent is this? Welcome to No Truck Stops, a pack 12 podcast. I'm Carlos at Equity Bruin on Twitter. Joining me, as always, Avery at Brave Grapes.
2: I wish I was asleep right now. <laughs> uh,
0: and Matthew Burton at No Pit Stops. Hi! Uh, no Greg again this week. He's still out on uh, on vacation. I'm sorry, Grapes, uh, I'll, I'll play Grapes. Grapes sent in a, a thing and then at the last second I decided to change the uh, the the bumper there at the top, uh, but uh, I just why couldn't get over just, it because that was so funny. Why don't you funny. just
2: save it? Okay, you can play it.
0: Yeah, why don't we play it right now? It's
2: The reason that I'm white passing is because my mom is white, and so is my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so funny because the memes that were made from that... So someone just posted that, no context, that was just their video, but a bunch of memes were made about it for House of the Dragon because if you don't watch House of the Dragon, the main character um mary's a like a half black man but her kids are white and because she had an affair and they're bastards and they like just keep pretending that it's the black guys kids um and anybody that questions that gets murdered gets executed because they're royalty and so everyone's been using that um sound for the kids and it's so fucking funny
0: (laughs) I have not watched a second of either Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon. House of the uh, Dragon's
2: better. So if you're going to watch one, I say just don't watch Game of Thrones and just jump in with House of the Dragon.
0: Okay. Matt, are you watching House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones, anything like that? No, Game of Thrones pissed me off too much. Oh, okay. Like you watched the whole thing and you were all mad about the finale or whatever. Yep. Okay.
2: House of the Dragon's better. Better female characters.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely why I'm going to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, week seven of Pac-12 football in the books. Uh, That was fun. That was eventful this past week. Uh, We'll talk about all of the uh, massive landscape shifting results that we got. We'll talk about the implications for the Pac-12. We'll talk about the four Pac-12 contenders we'll make our game predictions but first as always please leave us a five star review on apple podcasts and spotify we're still stuck at 3.2 stars so please 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 get us to 3.5 stars by the end of the month uh it's only it's only 2 weeks away so if we can get to 3.5 that would be uh pretty pretty magnificent Uh, And if you love the show, you know, at least you can do is is drop five stars on either Apple or Spotify. Uh, And lastly, we still have a ton of Pac-12 discourse content nonsense on our Patreon at NoTruckStops.com. Every Tuesday evening, Grapes and I continue to overreact to the Pac-12 happenings and doing some weirdo narrative-driven previews and uh matt and greg or maybe just matt i don't i don't know greg <laughs> greg greg missed out on last week but matt and i got uh on last week to preview the pack 12 uh from a gambling perspective they usually do those by thursday mornings but greg being out has kind of uh thrown us into a tizzy for his unsanctioned vacation that we did not approve of uh I don't know, i'm sure it's fine uh just so not grinding that- <laughs> hard enough you know
1: really hasn't trained <laughs> yeah, his
0: replacement where's his stick to it's hair it's, it's horrific um so, if you want all that access to all of that and uh, to our Discord and live recordings of these shows, go to, go check out our Patreon at no dot Okay, let's get into it. Uh, let's start with a recap of everything that went down in the Pac twelve this past weekend. Matthew Britson, please take us away.
1: So, starting off today, California traveled to Boulder, and as we know, you don't go on the road in the Pac twelve and simply walk out with a win. Buffs win twenty to thirteen in overtime. Platinum Colorado dead. 0-12 Colorado dead. Someone find Justin Wilcox and bring him to me alive. Uh, just atrocious, atrocious performance out of the Cal Bears. Arizona traveled to UW and lost 49-39. to Not as back and forth as I expected it to be. UW kind of felt like they were in control a lot of it, but also felt like they were letting go of the rope the whole time. Uh, competent Stanford goes on the road and beats Notre Dame 16-14. to Pac-12 continues to just look incredible out of conference. Utah hosted USC in the game of the year in the Pac-12 and won forty-three to forty-two, and Oregon State did what Oregon State does in the graveyard and beat Wazoo's ass, like twenty-four to seven or something. I don't know why I didn't write that score down.
0: Twenty-four to ten, I'm pretty sure, but uh... Mm,
1: let's call it seven.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, good recap. Uh, That that was a a wild weekend. The we got to start with our lead game, I think, which is USC Utah. By far, the game with the most implications. Uh, Matthew Hubertson, how about you take us away for this one, too?
1: Yeah, listen, you just don't go on the road in the Pac-12. Um, <laughs> Stay <laughs> game, home. Definitely, yeah, just forfeit. It's going to be better for you. Um, <laughs> Utah-USC definitely lived up to the hype. Um, USC went up 21-7, to 7, and like this game looked like a rout at the beginning. USC was doing whatever they wanted. Utah was very much not. Um, and this thing looked really, really ugly. Utah was able to fight back, though. They ended up winning the game on a touchdown and two-point conversion with 48 seconds left. Um, kind of some interesting things about uh, about like game script and and the way that um, Lincoln Riley like managed the clock at the end there, kind of just let Utah run out the clock uh, when he could have had a good two minutes or so. Uh, Caleb Williams and Cam Rising though were incredible in this game. Williams was 25 for 42, 381 yards passing, 57 on the ground. Um, rising 30 of 44 for 415 yards, 60 yards on the ground, five touchdowns for each, no interceptions, just a massive game, um, really showing out for the conference of quarterbacks. Dalton Kincaid also was absolutely incredible, 16 receptions on 16 targets, 234 yards, just insane, insane stuff out of him uh some things about the refereeing that we definitely need to talk about in this game um but i don't want to overshadow like how awesome the product on the field was this game was so much fun
0: it was a blast this this game was incredible let's let's start with uh let's start with the game itself and stay with just the game itself avery what what were you thinking while you watching this game was there anything that stuck out to you things that you were surprised by
2: I'm thinking I need to apologize for the Cam Rising slander that I've been doing because Cam Rising was really, really great in this game. Um, Mm -hmm. He made up for all the shit this season that I've, like, questioned him on. He was, like, more than solid. Obviously, it helps to have Dalton Kincaid being a god out there. But Cam Rising, it felt like he did basically everything right. Um, There was the, like, the game winning drive like he was perfect he was just absolutely perfect when he went down the field I feel like everything was executed really amazing and he got the two-point conversion which won them the game so I'm sorry to Cam Rising you you played really amazing and I need to stop saying it's about against bad defenses because now I know that every um, team in this conference has a bad defense so it doesn't really matter
0: he had an incredible game uh he he was there 400
2: and something yards
0: Passing, Touchdowns, yeah. running around,
2: yeah. crazy.
0: Nearly 500 yards total um total from Cam Rising on the ground and in the air. He was he was amazing. I mean, uh in a game where Dalton Kincaid gets 200 yards re- uh receiving, Cam Rising was the best player uh in this in this one. Which was uh it was awesome to see him sort of play the way that he did. It felt like um it sort of felt like he made the right plays when he had to make them. It was like this Cam Rising, we talked about this. We had a Twitter space after the game and sort of we talked about this. It's like, I hate this, like, cliche of, like, intangibles and all that other stuff. But, like, Cam Rising kind of epitomizes that. He's, like, not a great downfield thrower. Uh He's not, like, super accurate all of the time. He's not, like, super fast. But he just, like, makes the right decisions when he needs to make them. Um And gets exactly what Utah needs him to do. Um, so that was an incredible performance from uh, from Cam Rising. Uh, I, I will say pretty more impressive, I think, is the fact that he was most of Utah's offense. Like Utah's running game did not uh, show up at all in this one. <coughs> uh, Tavion Thomas had nothing going. Uh, Makai Bernard, nothing going. It felt like it really did have to rest with Cam Rising. It felt like uh, some weird, uh, first of all, very uncharacteristic for Utah uh, uh to rely on their quarterback like this but they have a quarterback they can rely on now like more than they ever have right like i know that uh you all have feelings about Tyler Huntley but i'm not sure Tyler Huntley could ever carry uh, an offense the way that Cam Rising is doing it right now but
1: seems like an, an unnecessary question to ask uh frankly <laughs> and i just i think it's okay to plead the fifth here
0: okay but what do you what do you think about uh what do you think about what do you think about Utah's performance in this one, Matt?
1: This is what we talked about coming out of the UCLA game. That, like, there are games where you need to put up 45 points. And with everything that has gone on on the defensive side of the ball with Utah and, and kind of the problems that it certainly exist there, you need to be able to score the ball and you need to be able to have explosive plays, and Utah very much did in this game. Uh, 13% uh, explosive play rate. That's good for a 90th percentile. They were explosive. They were throwing the ball downfield. They were going over the top a couple of times. Like, this This was a great, great game plan out of Utah. And you saw them actually make the adjustment off of the UCLA game that we truly did not think they would. Like, I, I was genuinely surprised that we actually saw, like, We were trying to get out on the edges. We were throwing deep middle, like that. This was a a very welcome sight if you're you're if you're a Utah fan or if you believe that Utah is going to be there at the end. I I did not think that they were going to make this adjustment, and they definitely did.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, they were. We talked about this one on the Twitter Spaces too. It really felt like they heard they either heard the noise around the fact that uh, Utah does not get explosive plays, and that was a reason why they lost to UCLA. Or they recognize that themselves, but they were hunting. They were it it felt like they were hunting for big plays. Even the even when they weren't getting it, it felt like they were just trying to get it downfield. They were trying to push the ball. They were trying to stretch the field in ways that I just don't know that I've seen them do uh, this season or even I don't know, kind of much of last season too. Like they were they were hunting for big plays and they got them. Um and and the result was, like you said, uh uh what was it? Uh, thirteen percent explosive play rate, ninetieth percentile. They were in the top ten percent of of all games for uh, for sort of their uh, the the amount of explosive plays they were getting, and it paid off. This is what happens, not a coincidence that USC and UCLA scored the exact same amount of points uh, against Utah, forty two points. They both got forty two points. Utah won one of those games, and that's because they were able to get explosive plays, but. Uh, Avery I don't know do you have any thoughts about what Utah was doing offensively do you feel like uh, or you could talk about the defense also right and what they did defensively against USC
2: Um. yeah I think we've talked a lot about the offense they they played really well the defense uh, as someone who's watched Utah play defense for uh, a majority of my like waking moments of my life uh, I'm very confused <laughs> I've never has there ever been a Utah defense this bad Matt in the Pac-12 era? I can't
1: um, think of one. Maybe <laughs> I'm, 2017? So I'm, yeah, and I'm, and I'm going to give... So this is the worst tackling Utah team I've ever yeah. seen, period, including Mountain West days. Like, this is... The tackling on this team is horrendous.
2: Just absolute, absolute dog shit with the tackling. And the their front seven is really undersized, but it also felt like <laughs> towards the end of the game, it didn't matter that much because USC just wasn't running the ball. Yeah, Like, uh, USC wasn't taking advantage of how the weakest point on Utah's defense is their front seven, and they just kept throwing it down the field at the defensive backs who were, like, playing fairly well, especially considering USC's wide receiver talent. So, yeah, Utah's defense was disappointing, but they also won the game. So, it's like... (laughs) I feel like I yeah. can't be extremely angry about it because they did just enough. Whereas like on the flip side, when you start talking about USC and USC fans blaming everything on officiating, like your defense didn't do enough for you to win the game. So <laughs> I don't know.
0: Well, let's yeah. Let's pivot to USC then real quick. Uh, they obviously gave up forty-three points to Utah. Had a hard time stopping Utah, especially in the second half. Uh, let's let's just get the first thing out of the way because this is this is just going to be a big discourse. I think USC fans are making a big discourse. The officiating in this game, to their credit, was garbage. It was horrific. Yeah. Uh, it took away from the game, not just because it it was biased one way or the other, but but mostly because it ruined the rhythm of the game. It felt like down the stretch, it was like a flag or review on every single play um that like in the final 13 minutes of this game it felt like constant referees inserting themselves and it was uh it was excruciating i will say a disproportionate of them went against usc i think usc got a couple of uh utah got a couple of bullshit calls that is true i mean i think that roughing the passer call uh what like that was sometime in the fourth quarter early on ish in the fourth quarter utah i think that was what a third down um either a third down or a fourth down play uh yeah, cam rising throws down? an interception and usc gets called for roughing the passer slash targeting targeting gets lifted roughing the passer does not um and so usc get utah gets another chance and then on the next play they get a touchdown kind of reminiscent of the that notre dame cal call that was offsides, like in terms of the impact on the game so there was that. Uh there was a couple of other PIs and stuff like that. I, I don't love I don't I'm I'm not going to blame officiating for why USC lost, why Utah won. I think that's silly, but let's let's at least talk about it for now because I think that was a big discourse. Matt, you have thoughts about this?
1: Yeah. So like the officiating was just horrendous the whole time. Like I whichever team lost was gonna leave this game, like heavily blaming the officials, mm. especially when it's a close game. And that's just the reality of close games and margin of error and blah 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 blah, all that shit that just really doesn't ultimately matter um where the hell is it i just had it um their game on paper does an epa measured based off of the penalties
0: a penalty epa for utah was 5.35 to usc 0.29
1: yeah so like basically the penalties were worth five points in utah's favor now that that is only in penalties that are called (laughs) um so like those third-down pickups, the, those roughing the passers, obviously taking away an interception, those are, are significant. Those are definitely significant plays. But there's a couple in there, and and definitely when you think about, like, the fact that there was the goal line um, pass interference on Clark, Clark Phillips when he just got flat-out beat, there's the pass interference that was called on the interception at the end of the game. Those definitely are, like, the ones that actually get measured versus, like, when you're looking at, there's, like, clear holds all over this game all over this game on both sides they were just horrible they they were so so bad one of the targetings that happened like to me was a pretty damn clear targeting but
0: and it got lifted
1: nobody has a clue what targeting is anymore i've i don't like having that conversation the reality is is just that this is it referees and when you are in a position where your team does not have a margin of error referees affecting the game tend to have an impact. It just does, and you either get to have the choice of, like, blaming the refs, or you get to have the discussion of, we weren't good enough to account for that margin of error, that the referees would impact the game to a level of five points. And... That's something that I understand USC is not used to dealing with as a supremely talented team. And I'm not trying to mansplain losing to you all, but Jesus Christ, this is what happens when you lose When you lose. And when you don't have an elite margin of error, referees are going to impact the game. This is how the rest of us play football. I'm really sorry that you have to experience. It sucks. Doesn't it?
2: Well, and my biggest issue is, is this happens every fucking week with USC, with the team that they're playing. Like look at it. USC fans in got mad. Favor, yeah. fans got mad at me when I bring out bring up Wazoo last week. I don't think they watched that fucking game. Wazoo had all the momentum in the first half. They went into halftime up, and they just continually kept getting squashed by terrible calls that went against Wazoo. Wazoo didn't score again in the second half because their momentum was just completely killed by the refing, and. They say, oh, well, we won by 15. You won by 15 because every time Wazoo had any fucking momentum, there was a terrible call against them. And I'm not saying Wazoo should have won. I'm just saying that should have been a much closer game. But officiating was on USC side. And so it's like really infuriating that they get to say, oh, we we actually won that game. It was just officiating. No, your defense is bad. Your play calling wouldn't run the fucking ball. Like, you didn't have an amazing game or else you wouldn't have been that close with Utah at the end where a roughing the passer call could switch the game over to Utah's side. Yeah. And,
1: and I will say like, I, I've listened to a couple of like the instant react pods. Nobody's talking about the roughing the, the, the passer penalties. Everybody's talking about the way that the fucking clock was handled at the end of the game. Yeah. USC had actually finished that drive and been able to kick the field goal and win. That that would have been what would have been talked about through this game and the fact that it was, you know, scandalous and whatever like that. Like I, I the referees were just bad and like they were
0: horrific. Yeah, Did
1: it ultimately like ha- play a role in the fact that Utah was able to win? Sure. But that's it, to say that they were like pilled for Utah or were trying to like prop up utah utah was gifted the game like no no, it was so bad on both sides usc just wasn't able to take advantage
2: also how are you so delusional that you think they're trying to prop up utah what the fuck you (laughs) are you are the brand you are usc we want usc to go to the playoffs usc remaining undefeated going into their game against ucla at the end of the year is what what the conference wants like you Does so it because those dumb. are Big
0: Ten teams now?
2: I I don't know. Like uh, I, I don't know. I'm That's not going to play playoff money. Sneaky sneaking, <laughs> sneaking in a Pack twelve playoff team before they leave. Yeah, of course they want that. You think Oregon's going to go to the playoff? No. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> Okay, I will say uh, so. Yeah, the the penalties. I, I think we've we talked a lot about the penalties, and it's and it's very silly. It's very silly from Pac-12 refs. It's very silly from Utah fans who don't recognize that they get that some of those whistles on uh, at home, and it's very silly from USC fans for thinking that was the sole reason they lost this game. Um, a big reason they lost this game was that their defense was not able to to stop Utah. Uh, they could not stop Cam Rising. They had no answers, none, zero for Dalton Kincaid. Like they knew. USC knew they were going to send it to Dalton Kincaid most of those plays, and they had no responses. A big part of that, I think, was Eric Gentry going out a six-six. You have like a six-six linebacker out there with like a seven-foot wingspan. Like that dude should be playing hoops. Uh, he he was uh, he he did a good job of roaming sort of the middle. And you know when you when you can't throw over the middle because you got a six-six giant there. Uh, that that tends to hurt hurt some things, but. But uh, the reason USC lost was they just did not have an answer for Cam Rising. They didn't have an answer for Dalton Kincaid. Did a really good job, frankly. I know we talked about this from the Utah side, but from the USC side, a shockingly good job of stopping the run. Um, Utah, it wasn't just that Utah was not uh, running the ball. It was that USC was very effective at stuffing when they had to. Um, That was an impressive performance defensively from them. But their defensive backs, which we thought was the strong part of this USC defense, got cooked. Uh, they got cooked by Dalton Kincaid, but also they got cooked by uh, Devon Bailey. Um He had a pretty good game, all things considered, just kind of going over the middle. So I I left this game feeling, I don't know, about the same about USC's defense. We knew Utah was going to be able to score. I knew Utah was going to be able to to put up points and yards. So uh, that's – but I will say uh, – so that's that's USC's defense. And then USC's offense – we have not talked yet enough, I think, about Caleb Williams. He's uh, He is both absolutely incredible, like a fucking magician, just really talented. Um, he had five touchdowns, 381 yards passing. He was incredible, and uh, he
1: throw, was not perfect. The throw he had scrambling and then threw like the 40-yard bomb down the right sideline to Mario Williams. Insane. Unbelievable. I've never seen a throw like that. Insane.
2: Even every time he was scrambling and he'd throw the ball downfield, like it was it was it within reach of the receiver yeah. like it wasn't always caught it wasn't always perfect but the fact that it just didn't go beaming out of bounds and it was actually like somewhat catchable ball incredible incredible yeah. as
1: he's throwing it it's like that looks like a prayer and then like 2 seconds
0: later it's like oh that was an absolute dime okay cool that's fine <laughs> that's normal it felt and and you know what you have to credit Utah's defensive backs because that was just uh that was pure just Effort from from uh to Travis Broughton sometimes Clark Phillips like it felt like they were hanging on by a thread but they were hanging on um those were great throws those were U- USC's receivers beat them frequently uh but Utah just had had better defensive backs that battle between Clark Phillips and Jordan Addison for much of this game until Jordan Addison went out with an injury. It was a uh, high level television, just really fun to watch. Um, and Caleb Williams, I will say, not perfect. I think he really hurt USC down the stretch. When these margins get small, these these plays get magnified. He goes up. Uh, this this sequence I talked about on Twitter Spaces. I'm going to bring it up here because I think it 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 changes the complexion of this game uh caleb williams uh gets a 30 yard scrambled off of one of those insane like magician wizard type uh scrambles that he gets where he's like spinning and juking and gets gets 30 yards uh gets hit hard by J. travis broughton he goes up to J. travis broughton and is barking they're barking at each other they're going at each other the very next play usc sends someone at him they fucking nail caleb williams caleb williams goes down off a sack that like Frankly, probably he should have lost way fewer yards than he actually did because of, you know, he tends to get a little too I don't know. He's he's oh, a have, little too a in take. his bag. Yeah. And then what let me I'll just finish yeah, this yeah. seconds and then I'll I'll kick it to you. Uh then they get a nothing play. And then after that, he gets sacked again. Um again he gets sacked. Utah sends a guy at him and they um and they get him. So yeah, I mean that was a hell of a sequence from Caleb Williams. He certainly put USC in position to win this game, but he also uh kind of took him out of it. But Matt, what were you going to say?
1: This is I'm going to get cooked for this. Caleb Williams is DTR without the is 2019 DTR without the
0: interceptions. <laughs> yeah, see David Wood said this, and I kind of the sack that sack where he t- un- needlessly took 17, 15, 17 yards, made me think of Dorian Thompson Robinson in 2019.
1: There, there's the sack there's even, I mean, and, and also like with, you know, all American wide receivers and like not, <laughs> not like only grown for two weeks, bamboo shoots, uh, at playing at wide receiver. So like th- there's obviously some other significant differences. And I do think that Caleb Williams is definitely better than DTR, but Caleb Williams has a lot of like Superman invincibility in him. Where he at times does not play within himself and does not play within the offense and it is magical and it is incredible to watch But there's he goes for the big play too much. There's a lot of things like that that He definitely this offense frequently is off schedule And it's fine because of the level of talent that they have and the ability that they have to pull 17 yards out of their ass at any time but I think that the way that he played and the way that he approached this game is a big factor in USC, not even trying to run the ball in this game. Cause they were constantly behind the sticks and constantly in positions where they needed huge plays. And mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things where like, are you the creator of your, of your own greatness of, of like, <laughs> you know, are you creating the situations where you have to be great instead of just being really, really good?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I mean that's uh, that's USC that's Caleb Williams. I I feel like uh, one other thing that you all alluded to that Avery alluded to, Travis Dye only had eleven carries uh, and and was averaging six point nine yards per carry. Uh, maybe a mistake there from from Lincoln Riley. Not I, I maybe. will say, yeah, <laughs> definitely yeah, a but, mistake. Right, especially you know he tends to do he tends to lean very very heavily on Caleb Williams and for good reason because Caleb Williams is an incredible player he can get you like a 40 yard pass. And when you get, when you can consistently get 40 yard plays versus like eight yards per play from Travis Dye, I think that makes sense. But towards the end of this game where they were sort of like maybe struggling to get something going offensively because those stretches do happen. You you probably had to lean on Travis Dye a little bit. Um, So I, I think that was a a misstep. Another misstep. Let's talk about that last frame uh, when USC has the, or Utah has the ball. Utah gets to about the I don't know the the USC five yard line. They're down. What's the score at this point? Forty two thirty five. Uh, and and uh, there's about I don't know. Uh, they get there with about a minute forty five left. I think at the at the USC five. So Utah Utah gets a
1: um twenty four yard pass or a nineteen yard pass down to the twenty four yard line with three and a half minutes left. On a third and one, Mm -hmm. three and a half minutes, like they're getting into red zone area. Um, They got down to the eight yard line with two minutes left.
0: Yeah, so here's he at that point. Utah is draining the clock. They are no longer hurrying. They are in good position to drain as much of this clock as is humanly possible. Here's where Lincoln Riley fucked up. the The game management here was was pretty bad. They did not try to preserve time at all. They they could have done a couple of things. They mostly let Utah run down the clock and say, "Hey, we're gonna just try to stop these guys." And if we can if they stop them, if we stop them once, game's over. We get to kneel it out. We get to run it up. It doesn't matter. We win the game. Uh, a bit too much trust in a defense that uh, I don't know that has has earned much of that trust this season. They Lincoln Riley does not call a timeout to preserve uh, uh, that that time to try to get the ball back because. Look, I'd rather you you'd rather have the ball back last like in, in in most situations. And then another thing I think that he probably could have done but didn't do was let Utah score. Um I was thinking as soon as Utah got to the 8 with one something left, I was like, fuck, I like if they score here, it's going to be too much time for USC. Um if they get yeah. if USC has a 90 seconds, They're they're gonna be in position to win the game. Even the 30 seconds felt like too much time. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, this isn't this isn't
2: a USC (laughs) defense. This defense didn't have a prayer of stopping Utah, quite frankly. I like I understand the whole well, we can't let them score because like what if we got the stop? You're not gonna get the fucking stop. You haven't been able to get the stop all day. Mm -hmm. Like let them score trust in your offense which is like the most talented by far in the conference and like they they could have marched down that field and got a field goal I totally agree I don't too much trust in the defense I don't understand it
1: yeah it seemed like Riley like bought the havoc play like Ben, but don't break defense hype like like he bought that that was actually sustainable and it seemed like he was looking at it like saying we haven't stopped them on fourth down all day we haven't gotten any big plays. Like there was that one fumble that was at the goal line earlier in the game, but we haven't gotten an interception. We haven't done all these things. And it felt like he was banking on the fact that like, Oh, we'll just create a havoc play here. We'll just create a turnover. We'll just stop them on fourth down because we have an all game. And that's totally sustainable and an expected repeatable skill. So like, yeah, like it, it, and that's, that's kind of, it didn't even seem like he necessarily trusted them as much as it was just that he was like, like, surely something will happen it was so weird (laughs) i
2: i wanted to point out that in the twitter space last night usc fans were saying that their defense was bending and not breaking and bitch if that is not breaking i do not know what is because
0: 43 points is the the dam is fucking broken yeah
2: bad that was that was bad they were not bending there was no more bending they were (laughs) no flexibility there at all just snapped
0: yeah um so, tough game management, Utah scores early. I totally think USC gets... I mean, at that point, they USC only needed a field goal. You're telling me they couldn't get 40 yards in 90 seconds? Absolutely, they could have. They absolutely could have, so... Tough break for USC. Big win for Utah. Uh, we'll talk about implications, uh, I think, uh, a little bit later. I've got a segment here for for you all to chew on. But Utah now uh, still in the conference race. It, it felt like this game could have eliminated them. They stay alive. USC still very much alive in the conference race. They both are one-loss teams in, in Pac-12 play. So everyone's goals are ahead of them. Uh, this is a, a, a fun game. Best game of the year so far? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I think the USC Oregon state game was a lot of fun, but this, this game, just the intensity, uh, the, the high level play from a bunch of different players. Like I got to say Utah, uh, they've come a long way in terms of talent. I know that they're like less talented than USC, but this is the most talented Utah team I have ever seen by a good margin. Um, like to be able to have guys who can go one-on-one with Jordan Addison, like incredible um there were many times where i thought about this game in relation to like 2019 usc where it's like wait so why is utah utah is not talented enough to just like leave guys on an island they could do that this game uh like i think more than i I thought they could so pretty cool stuff uh utah is definitely in in that sort of uh in the in earshot of usc in terms of talent at this point so okay let's uh let's move on we've got more games to talk about that that one was a blast but let's let's talk about uh the other game that i think was pretty stunning (laughs) uh cal at colorado uh colorado managed to win this game 20 to 13 this game was very very bad (laughs) I, (laughs) i can't get over how bad this game was i'm like looking at the stats uh, Colorado outgained Cal 328 to 297. So they both barely broke the 300 yard mark in this very, very terrible game. Um, Colorado came out of it with some very clutch defense uh, in the end. Cal had a chance to, to win this game at the, at the goal line basically. And Colorado came up with some big plays to, to stop the bears from, uh, from taking this one. They win thirteen, their first win this season. Um, their first win against the spread, I think, this season. Uh, and Cal falls to three and three. Uh, and and maybe has a claim for the worst offense we've seen in quite some time for the Pac-12. So, let's talk about this game, Avery. We'll start with you. Any uh, any reflections on this god awful game? But Colorado finally getting out of uh, getting in the win column.
2: Since this was the first game of the day, and there was the largest fucking gap between this game and the next game, I sadly watched the entire thing. And let me tell you, there is so little that I can take away from this game after watching all of it, other than there is a conspiracy afoot. If you remember back to last year... Last season, we had a team that was going to go 0-12. Like, we all saw it. They lost to NAU. There is no reason this Arizona team should have won a game. And then they play Cal, who is devastated by COVID. But still, Arizona wins. They shouldn't have gotten a win last season. And then this year, Colorado, they're they're doing the, the platinum 0-12, where they haven't even covered yet it's very obvious this is the worst I haven't even in the come conference. close to covering <laughs> haven't come close to covering they no no matter how big the spread is it didn't matter and then cal cal a team that we thought had a good defense we knew they had offensive problems they have Jaden not who we argued was the best running back in the conference and they couldn't do shit. and that's why i'm gonna say that this is a conspiracy I believe that Justin Wilcox is purposely losing to this teams that would go 0-12 to make it so that Washington is the last team in this conference to go 0-12. Because if you didn't know, <laughs> Justin Wilcox played at the University of Oregon, and he's a duck at heart. So that's my only reasoning for how this happened. I don't understand it. There was also the fired coach bump, but it's a conspiracy.
1: Is it is it possible that the job offer that Oregon supposedly extended to Justin Wilcox, uh, reported by um, Wilner, was actually this <laughs> offer? Was this actually was the, offer. the offer to continue to coach at Cal and to make sure? Make sure that, that no did, team that ever went zero and Nobody goes zero and twelve.
2: It has to be. I don't. You could also like very easily blame the COVID issues that Cal had last year on Justin Wilcox. Like that's not out of the realm of possibility. Like it's his fault.
0: Yeah, the real pandemic is Bill Musgrave calling off calling offensive <laughs> plays for Cal. <laughs> that is way worse than what they had to oh, deal with so in 2021.
2: Bad. Cal fans are telling me that Jack Plummer actually is good, and it's <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, you can't blame that much. He's better than Colorado's quarterbacks, but like that's a low bar.
0: It's a low bar. I think I'm not even sure I blame Jack Plummer. I blame Cal's offense. uh Looks like some shit that I watched like on the NFL in like 2001. Like they're they're like every <laughs> single play, Jack Plummer is lining up under center. He's taking on every pathway, it's like a 20-strap drop back or something fucking ridiculous like that. And then, like, you know, by that time, Colorado has <laughs> put some pressure on him, and he's just jacking it up uh, or, like, throwing it at his receiver's feet or something. This is this was truly an insane offensive performance to watch. It was horrific. It was terrible. Jaden Knott, given absolutely nothing to do. Uh, he had nothing to work with. It felt like every time he touched the ball. Cal uh, Cal's offensive line crumbled, and he was getting hit like five yards behind the line of scrimmage. I am truly impressed that he managed to get positive yards in this game. Uh, he had forty seven off sixteen attempts. This was a a disgusting game all around. Colorado, their offense, frankly, this this their offensive production is not dissimilar from what we've seen. Uh, for most of their, like this offense is 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 as much of a. a this this offensive performance was probably as good as they've had, but not much more. Um and it really just came down to like having one a couple of trick plays that this was the fire the real fired coach bump was uh Mike Sanford being like, Meh, what what are we playing for? Let's just fuck around and and do some weird shit. They had that trick play where what, JT Shrout lined up as a receiver or something like that, or something. He got the ball back and like tossed it for like a big bomb downfield and They did a bunch of weird shit in this game, and that's because Mike Sanford was like, well, I don't know. I fucking suck. Everyone sucks here, so let's just try something. Uh, Are are we sure that Mike Sanford didn't
1: come in and just say, we're getting rid of a QB room? Everybody go find another position, and we'll decide who lines up. That
2: sounds like a a fun game. Um, So I'm I'm looking at the team stats on Game on Paper for this game, Mm -hmm. and it's bad. They're all in really, really poor percentiles for all of them, except Havoc Rate which i think is really <laughs> so <fucking> appropriate <laughs> cal is the 78th percentile and colorado's 85th and other than that, that it's funny. So- really fucking something bad. about
1: correlation and causation i don't know
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this uh these teams uh and these are the two worst teams in the Pac 12 i'm ready to say uh cal remember
2: when i said this okay but cal
0: I mean, Cal is—they're uh, three, yeah. and three and three—and I feel like they should be zero and five. <laughs> right, so two two
1: things here, okay. So number one, I want a written apology from every Cal fan that told me and Avery that we were crazy, Carlos. This includes you yeah. for <laughs> saying that Cal was a bad football ge- football team and would not be going bowling and would not be doing anything of consequence this year. Written apology. We
2: even we even picked them to beat Notre Dame too, and still said they were bad.
1: Yeah, hundred like, percent.
2: We know this written team apology,
1: well. post-stamped by this time tomorrow, please.
0: <laughs> okay, um, you're telling me you're telling me that Cal is not beating Washington at home. Come on, no, they're no, no, they're no, no.
2: definitely beating they're <laughs> no, definitely no, 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 no. beating Oregon. Like I will fully pick Cal I'm, to be Oregon. I'm about to
0: get to that. I'm about to get
1: to that. Okay, I okay. also need to express my like sincerest apologies. Uh, I lost my principles in stating that pick a Cal game and that was your sicko's game of the year. Um, me not choosing this as the sicko's game of the year. While well, I think in hindsight, Stanford Notre Dame was pretty sicko shit. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think I need I I need to offer a formal apology. I we we need to be better. We will be better. Uh Cal Sicko team of the year and we'll continue to be so throughout we, the end of the we
2: year. We are recalibrating and we'll get back to you.
1: <laughs> An internal investigation will let you know the, re- the results. Unbelievable. This game. Fucking terrible. Wow. So bad. Um, I
2: watched all of it. I couldn't, I don't remember what happened. Every <laughs> snap. Remember.
1: Every snap. Okay. Okay. Other thing though Colorado's fan base is my favorite in the conference. That place was packed. Are oh you my kidding
0: God me? oh yeah. my God we that for for an Owen five team, I mean I went to the UCLA game a couple weeks ago uh, and for an Owen three team that looked like it had zero hope it was fairly packed for an Owen five team, that place was filled to the brim yeah
2: Colorado. Colorado is the reason that I don't like to hear from people that the reason their their um, stadium is empty is because their team is bad. Like that's clearly not an excuse. <laughs> like Colorado. Those people could be hiking. And they decided <laughs> to turn down that perfectly good Saturday in the mountains because that's why people go to that Colorado. Could be leaves and shit. Like they chose to do this. They they love their team. They love their school. The, and the real they thing, rush you, the field, and I'm so happy for they them. Rush They're the ecstatic. Field. That, I mean,
0: look, they absolutely deserve. Honestly, uh, rushing the field can be kind of corny and cringy sometimes. I, I, I This is deserved. I don't no, know. No, that's the
2: shit that I love when people yeah. rush the field. Like when Arizona beat Cal last year and they rushed oh, the yeah. field. Fuck yeah. I <laughs> I love cool. that shit.
0: Rush
1: <laughs> the field always. Winning is hard. Like, I don't yeah, care. We, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fair. That's fair. In,
2: in this capitalistic society, win, it, get, do what you can. I Enjoy <laughs> the times you have.
1: I loved our buddy's our buddy Rex's tweet where he said, "My my wish is for Cal to be so good that t- uh, opposing teams rush the field when they beat them."
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's right. He's right. Well, let's let's stop talking about this
2: absolutely terrible <laughs> fucking game. Greg's here.
0: Greg, Jesus, uh, he's just gonna watch. I think probably. Uh, uh, okay, so let's let's move on to our next game. Uh, Stanford at Notre Dame. Stanford beats uh, the Irish 16 to 14. Matt, recap this one for us.
1: Competent Stanford, my beautiful <laughs> Cardinal boys. Um, y'all, Notre Dame is so bad. <laughs> <They're> so, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> um, Stanford was leading this game 10 to nothing. And like the first half the entire time, it was like, this is so dominating there's no way it's true. Like Notre Dame could not do <laughs> anything on offense. Stanford was moving the ball relatively well and like that whole slow mesh offense was entirely working. I think that we all here know that like 10 points is an absolute like explosion for the Stanford offense. But like <laughs> It it was totally just like they were just doing just enough to make it really, really annoying for Notre Dame and Notre Dame. There was no way in hell that they were ever going 80 yards. And then at the half, um, Notre Dame came out and Stanford kind of remembered who they were. And Notre Dame pretty much immediately went up 14 to 10. But then Stanford just kicked a couple field goals and like Notre Dame apparently used all their power in a four minute period. And <laughs> that was it. Um, Stanford just kind of sat on it and won 16 to 14, uh, three field goals scored in every period, consistency, competency, resiliency, brotherhood, uh, all of the (laughs) words we, we love to see, to see it out of the trees.
0: I did not watch much of this game. I watched like the first two drives and saw, saw Stanford drive down the field very easily and thought, Oh, what the fuck was this? Um, I don't know, Avery, did you watch much of this game?
2: I didn't watch a second of this game. But if a tree falls (laughs) on an Irish person in South Bend and nobody is there to see it, did it happen? I I was just like casually I was watching other games, more important things. I don't like to watch Stanford if I don't have to. Yeah, Um, especially against the truck stop. It would just be like, Oh, wait, what the fuck? Stanford's winning ten to zero? Wait, what? That was that was how I enjoyed this game. Um, I do want to make fun of Matt for not picking Stanford because Stanford is Matt's baby. It's his pride yeah, and joy. No, I own that. What was I the talked spread? about
1: it in the episode where I was like, I really want to pick them.
2: What was the spread?
0: Like sixteen for it Notre Dame. That, yeah. that would have been
2: five five points, Matt, that you left on the table. Yeah. Um, by not sticking to your guns, but you did pick okay. Stanford last week, so maybe you're just early.
1: I see what you're doing. You're not getting in my head again. Stop it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, this game, uh, a mess. I'm looking at some of the numbers on Game On Paper. Yards per play. Both of them were under five. <laughs> both of these teams were at 4.78 so fucking yards per play. Come on. That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, terrible, terrible, terrible stuff. I'm going to look for the the drives here. Uh, both averaged about... eight. Oh, both got 38 uh, Stanford at 38 yards per drive, Notre Dame 31, if you're not sure how to contextualize those stats, let me contextualize them for you. That's fucking horrible. Uh, <laughs> available yards. Uh Stanford gained 52% of their available yards, Notre Dame 46%. Again, if you need help understanding those numbers, that is fucking terrible. Not good. <laughs> not good. Uh that's like going getting your ball at the 20-yard line, and like, I don't know, just never ever getting past the 50 yard line. Like it's truly insane.
1: Stanford had a four percent explosive play rate and one. <laughs>
0: uh yes that would be bottom 4%. that would be eight percent eighth percentile meaning <laughs> meaning bottom ten percent uh Ugh. terrible stuff this game was uh appeared to be disgusting i didn't know because i did not want to watch it i was like it's notre dame like i don't really care i could watch other games i was, I was very enthralled by arizona u-dub which we'll get to but stanford gets a win their first FBS win <laughs> their first FBS win in 11 games Last time they did it, do y'all have a guess? Last time they had an FBS win?
2: Uh, Oregon.
0: Yeah, Oregon. Last year, they won that truly insane game. Of course, Stanford only wins games where they like absolutely should not.
1: I'm all for Stanford using Stanford disease on somebody else and not on a top <laughs> Pack 12 team. So good job.
2: Well, I love how David Shaw's seat might have been getting a little warm. Like he turned the seat, her heater was turned on, and then he beat Notre Dame and South Bend. So he's locked in. He is not going anywhere.
1: Yeah. He beat Jesus Colorado. Like that's what he safest, said. It's amazing.
2: Safest <laughs> safest seat in in college football right now.
0: Oh, terrible stuff. All right, well, let's move on to the other games here. Uh, we've had two other here, two other games that we'll talk about. Utah beat Arizona forty-nine to thirty-nine, and yet another shootout for both of these teams. Both of these teams gained five hundred yards of total offense. Both quarterbacks, uh, Jaden Delora and Michael Penix, threw for four touchdowns and over four hundred yards. Penix actually got five hundred, but in the end, uh, the Huskies prevailed in Seattle, moving the Huskies to five and two on the year and dropping Arizona to below five hundred for the first time this year. The first time uh arizona is under 500 they are four, three and four meanwhile oregon state mostly suffocated wazoo winning 24 to 10 in a very ugly game both of these teams gained well under 400 yards in this one uh but in the end oregon state's game lifted the beaves over the cougs moving oregon state to five and two on the season and dropping um the cougs to four and three uh let's let's just ask this question who are you most impressed with in this game washington or oregon state avery
2: oregon state are you kidding me Oregon state was playing the much more difficult appointment opponent. Let me talk my shit. I okay. got in a fight like a, like a week or so ago with Reed. Um,
0: Reed Tingley, our boy, Reed
2: Tingley, our boy. He told me that Oregon state and Wazoo were not in the same tier. The Wazoo was tier but above Oregon state. And let me tell you, I'm never wrong. I'm never wrong <laughs> about anything ever. Oregon state looked really good. Um, Cole Branson. Wasn't great, but you know what he did? He did exactly what we saw from Chance Nolan last season. They're going back to their roots. It's exactly what we want to see from Oregon State. Winning in Corvallis, not throwing the ball very much. That's the winning strategy. That's how you get it done. And I'm really happy that they did that. They, The game looks closer than it really is. Like Washington State was never really in this game. They only had a field goal for most of the game. They ended up getting a touchdown later, but... Oregon State was in complete control. It was, it was incredible. I, I was sad because I wanted to see Cam Ward cook, but Oregon State's defense looked like the best defense in the conference. It was, it was a beautiful game for Oregon State. I'm really impressed considering how confused we've been about their offense as a whole. And yeah, I know it's in Corvallis and they tend to win there, but I feel like it's very promising for their season.
0: Yeah, this is the uh, the best uh, defensive performance we've seen from Oregon State now. It just so happens that I think the matchup here was very bad for the Cougs. Uh, they do not run the ball. They never have. Mm-mm. They haven't all season. They don't like to run the ball. They don't aren't very good at it. Oregon State is a very bad run defense. But what they're really, really good at, like top 25 in the country, is pass defense because yeah. their defensive backs are very, very good. And so Cam Ward struggled. Washington State struggled. They don't have receivers. Uh, It was just a recipe for disaster. On top of that, uh, from the little that I did see, Washington's offensive line crumbled. Uh, It was... It fucking folded. Put Cam Ward in some horrific positions, as they have all season but it certainly felt like it just gave up or uh, Washington state's offensive line is on quit. Watch the
2: the craziest thing about it though, is that there are so many times where like Cam Ward was standing still in the pocket and like, he didn't know what to fucking do because Oregon state was covering any targets so well, they were smothering them. It was like exactly what Oregon state did against USC, but against a less talented team. So of course it went that way. Like the defense played really well. And again, or Washington state's a very one-dimensional team and their one dimension is Cam Ward being good at quarterback. And so it's like not very hard <laughs> to defend against if you have like above average defense or even just an average defense. But like they didn't have any of those dumb they didn't make any dumb errors. Like it was just like a very complete game by Oregon state, which is something we haven't seen from them for several weeks mostly because their offense has just been so bad that their defense is on the field so much so it was it was just really nice to see Oregon State get back to what we expect from them
0: yeah uh not not still still not a bad situation to be in their quarterback situation is horrific. I'll say that, like yeah. Ben Branson like still not a not a great quarterback, but like you said. They he did just barely what they needed to do to win um, because their running game is kind of back on track at least it is at home. Damian Martinez Martinez, sixteen attempts, one hundred eleven yards, uh, six point nine yards per carry. Pretty good day from him. Uh, he's he's supplanted I think Deshaun Fenwick as RB one yeah. there. Um, very very clearly. So yeah, good for good for Oregon State. I hope they figure out their quarterback situation. Are they at the point where they, I mean, I don't know if they can do this just for confidence reasons, but, like, if Chance Nolan's healthy, I feel like he's got to come back. Like, I I don't know. It almost feels like he had those weird confidence issues and was throwing those picks, but, like, man, he just feels like he he really should be playing over Bungle Branson at this point.
2: considering that they play Colorado and then Washington, which are two of the Worst defenses in the conference. Like I mm-hmm. feel like if Chancellor is healthy, what better time to test it out than getting Colorado and Corvallis next week?
0: Yeah, yeah, would be uh would be really really helpful to get him back on track. Uh, Matt, what about you? Who are you most impressed with? Uh, Washington beating Arizona, or Oregon State beating Wazoo? Well,
1: I just I I want to have a quick conversation and just I I can't remember if you'll please remind me what who did you guys pick in Oregon State Wazoo again?
2: You know what. I I preseason said that Oregon State wouldn't lose a game after the Utah game and you know what matters more than in game picks <laughs> preseason picks because they require they require so much more so much more I don't know um, psychic ability yeah. <laughs> and I'm right on track and I can't lose so fuck off also if Wazzy would have won I would have gotten two points like you're gonna tell me not to pick that game Come on. I mean... The value there.
1: Okay, but I'm the idiot. Never mind. She's not going (laughs) to get in my head, Carlos. I'm not going to let her do it. (laughs) No, I... So, it's hard because, like, you look at the actual drive chart for UW-Arizona. You guys talked a lot about Oregon State and Wazoo. And very impressed with with Oregon State. I I do want to have a conversation, one quick question about Oregon State. But first, I... For as close as the game tended to be at times in UW-Arizona, I never really felt like UW was actually in trouble. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is, like, fairly impressive, especially after losing to Arizona State, after getting their asses absolutely kicked by UCLA. There's definitely a thing there where, like, under a worse coaching staff, UW definitely loses this game. So maybe that's something to hold on to. I don't know. Like it's not all that impressive. UW cannot run the ball. They they cannot run the ball, uh, even against Arizona. Only seventy nine yards, uh, like under four. Uh, looking at like right at four yards per play. Just not a good time. So, still not coming out of that game impressed by UW at all. Other than it it's not a train wreck, which I guess is the bar is very very low for them right now. I had a thought that like. There might not be a defense in the Pac twelve that can make Bonex do Bonex things. Can Oregon State make Bonex do Bonex things? Think Corvallis.
2: <laughs> and like And, and we the, picked the, that preseason, remember? We've known and the
1: secondary is like dangerous. Very They're very, very good. they very, very dangerous. If they can even even just make Oregon throw a little bit, like maybe that that's like I don't think I think I don't think Utah can do it because I don't think they can stop the run at all. Neither can but Oregon if, State. I, I mean, I think Utah's worse, but
0: maybe, oh, I don't know. God, I, I don't know. We're splitting hairs there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the run defenses in this country and this conference are so bad. I'm like, who's worse? USC, Oregon State, Utah, UCLA? I I don't know. Like it's I, they're just going to all run on each other. But yeah, good point kind of a thought i don't know like i there's
1: definitely i feel like we kind of left oregon state for dead a little bit there and yeah we did exactly totally. where we thought they would be they're five and two and yep. their whole schedule and, out of them and very winnable games
2: we might see a ranked oregon state did
0: soon. you say they're receiving votes and they, people, they are they receiving people come out votes
2: already? yeah it did oh okay. uh cool. ucla is ranked number nine oregon's number 10 usc is number 12 number 13, 14 13 12 12 Something like that. They're above Utah. Utah's fifteen. I'm gonna
0: look this up. I'm gonna look this up. Okay. Uh, I only have the top ten because fucking ESPN and all those people only care four about four Pac-12 teams in the top fifteen. Okay. Love so UCLA
2: that. nine, Oregon ten, USC twelve, Utah fifteen. Oregon State was receiving votes.
0: Okay, that's bullshit. Uh, swap USC and Utah. I like. I don't understand. Like the AP poll, AP the voters. The difference are just,
2: is one of them has two losses. I don't care. Like. I,
0: we just watched them. Be, we just watched Utah beat USC. I, I don't it understand. It was close, though. And, yeah. Yeah. USC's I resume so. is bad, bad. Like,
1: they're behind 5-1 and one Wake Forest, who lost to... Isn't their only loss to... Um, ah, fuck Clemson? the orange team that I hate. Clemson. Yeah, Clemson. Um like their resume is definitely worse than them. Penn state five and one Penn state won a game on the road in Auburn. Like Penn state should definitely yes. be at a USC. Like these AP rankings have been so bad this year that the rankings have been horrendous.
0: Yeah. But, uh, UCLA and Oregon top 10, that's a top 10 matchup. So we'll get to We'll get to that in a little bit later, but, uh, I, I'll just say about UW Arizona cause we haven't quite talked about it. Arizona. I, I get that. UW's defense is not great and it is, uh, very much not great. Uh, none of the Pac-12 teams uh, are, but Arizona's good offense is pretty good. I felt like yeah, they kept you, up. fuck you,
2: Greg. Jaden Delora was great in this game. <laughs> Greg, you do not know ball. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, Jaden Delora was totally good in this game. I feel like he's, uh, he's had some moments here. I, I really like Arizona's offense. I understand that they're three and four now. Bowl eligibility is looking harder and harder given their schedule, mm-hmm. um, but they've they've made a huge step up like they are fun and watchable in one area of the game like very very good in one area of the game and i think that matters so but washington they're they're five and two their goals are kind of ahead of them a little bit they're uh, well they're not they're kind of out of contention for the pac-12 title yeah. so they they can but a eight, eight win season for Kalen DeBoer in year one after going four and eight would be pretty good
2: I'm thinking about how um, Washington was like in control of this game going into the fourth quarter. Like it was pretty clear Washington was leading the way. And then uh, a UW fan tweeted that all of the people at the Washington game were watching the Mariners game in the concourse instead of actually watching <laughs> the game because um, Washington was quote unquote blowing out Arizona. And then no. Arizona almost won the game. <laughs> Arizona was yeah. driving down their throats like it was happening. Yeah. So I kind of wish Arizona won for that reason. That would have been really fucking funny, but
0: that would have been super yeah. funny. Arizona's yeah.
2: offense looked really great in this game. I was yeah. super impressed.
0: Yeah, no, it was it was good. Um. Okay, well, those are the games. MVPs for the week. Uh, let's hear them. Matt, you can start us off. Got it. I mean, I'm
1: torn between Cam Rising and Dalton Kincaid, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, Um, they just they absolutely entirely carried that Utah team. I'm going to go with rising, um, especially like I don't think that Kyle Whittingham goes for two there uh, with if it's anybody but Cam rising uh, with the ball in his hands. So uh, I will go Cam rising. But either one of them would be a great pick. Avery,
2: Um, Colorado. Oh my gosh, Colorado! You didn't it. You team? win. I can't, the whole I can't team. name a single
1: player or their coach or anything about them. But like
2: Colorado, <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck is coaching their team? Uh, I don't know. Anyways, Mike they, Sanford. Oh no, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Mike Sanford.
1: He, he yeah. looked like a UC, USC towel
2: guy. They, like, brought, they brought their lunch pails to that game, <laughs> and they no. Um, my my MVP is Cam Rising. He had an incredible game. He did everything he needed to do and more. And you, beat, you just beat a top 10 team. Like, awesome. Good for you, Cam. Great week.
0: Yeah, yeah big game. Uh, I also said Cam Rising. He had uh, a fantastic game, the best game I think of any, any players in the conference. We had, some big, we had some big games, though. I felt like, uh, unironically, Montana Lamonius Craig for Colorado had a really big game. So yeah. you know, he deserves an honorable mention. Finally get a Colorado player up there. Always, uh, he has Dalton a funny Kin-
2: name. It always makes me laugh.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a it is a fun, it's a fun name. Um Dalton Kincaid, obviously you all mentioned that he deserves a he deserves an honorable mention. Um Stanford. Michael Penix, Jaden Delora. They deserve honorable mentions. They had really big games. Probably Michael Penix with the winner there. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess Stanford. I'm not sure who played well for Stanford. Honestly, no, I'm, like looking back at the not stats, got a single body. <laughs> yeah, uh, Casey Philkins had 32 attempts and 91 yards. That is not good. Uh, he's their best just, player. So there was
1: one set of, put- of footprints in that game. They they walked with Christ.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they were carried. Uh, okay, but unanimous. Cam Rising, pretty much. Uh, that's uh, that's pretty good. So
1: Greg, Greg says Dalton Kincaid deserves better than you people. So
2: yeah. When Dalton yeah. Kincaid can throw himself the ball, then we'll talk. But until then. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs>
2: okay, let's take
0: a uh, quick commercial break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the four Pac-12 contenders.
1: <laughs> Aw, what's wrong there, young sports fan? My life is falling apart. My family left me because I won't shut the f- quack up about my favorite team, the Oregon Ducks. What you need is to join the rest of the flock at the Quack 12 Podcast. Sounds great. Is it some kind of drug? Will an eighth be enough? Because I'm jonesing really bad. No, it's not a drug. It's even better. It's the world's greatest Oregon Ducks Podcast. So do I snort it? Visit Quack12Podcast.com to find Free weekly episode and links to the Quack Twelve Patreon.
2: I'm sold. Who needs a family with drugs like this? Quack quack. <laughs> Honestly, the production level on the Quack so Twelve good. commercial so good. Like they, they I would have never one, need that.
0: They have one uh, that they do in their. Uh, I love that podcast. Uh, for yeah, highly Dutch recommend. Fans. Uh, they have one in their actual podcast that's about their patreon and it's very it's a three minute ad but frankly i don't know i did not mind listening to every single second of it uh greg greg is in the chat he's not participating here because he doesn't have his microphone uh he's he's here reacting like he's never heard this ad before he's never greg has never listened to this podcast never listened to our podcast he's never listened back to our podcast i'm
2: very annoyed with him <laughs> especially since he wasn't on last week i know he just fuck? doesn't fucking listen to this book <laughs> i listen to this podcast every week uh, i don't greg what are you doing for this podcast's listening numbers clearly nothing
1: <laughs> wait carlos do you listen to this podcast separately from editing is that what you're saying
0: yes yes i do every monday morning okay. I narcissism i i just i like to hear back what we're doing how are we uh how are we doing do we need to fix anything I do i need breaking, to fix anything i think
2: we're breaking is it the fifth wall is that what it's called and <laughs> the fourth the fourth wall? <laughs> i don't know how many walls there are
0: yeah i don't either um anyway uh let's let's take a step back here to talk about the pac-12 there's four clear contenders now at this point i think we can say that definitively six and oh ucla six and one usc five and one oregon five and two utah so they've got one conference less uh, i think the second half of the season is going to be really interesting because we just had usc play utah uh while oregon and ucla are both off and now usc and utah are off while oregon and ucla play in eugene uh after that these teams mostly dodge each other until november 19th when ucla hosts usc and oregon hosts utah on the same day uh these are very clearly the four best teams in the Pac-12. I think each has some serious flaws, but they're also like really strong in some areas. So what I thought we'd do is I want to know from each of you, who do you think right now is the best team in the Pac-12? And I, and I don't want you to answer this from like, I'm not asking who has the best resume, who has the clearest path to the Pac-12 title game, but if you could pick one of these teams to win you a game against any of the other three on a neutral site, on a neutral field, who is it? Uh, Grapes, let's start with you on this one.
2: It's Utah. It's Utah. I feel I, that's the team I feel wow. the most confident in, and Whoa. I wow. like genuinely just. It's if you're not talking about um, like how their schedule works, if you're not talking about like where they have to go on the road, like it's Utah on a neutral field. I I genuinely feel like Utah is the team I can trust the most. Like USC struggled against. Oregon State, whose offense was not good in that game, Chance through mm-hmm. threw four picks. They struggled against Wazoo, which, like I said, is an extremely one-dimensional team. Um, Oregon's been like a very solid team, but I still feel like I haven't seen enough for them to conclude that I could be more confident in them than in Utah. And <laughs> quite frankly, I still think UCLA is still a little bit fraudulent. I promise I'd never say that, <laughs> but like I can't, I can't not. I'm sorry. I just trust Utah we the most. We can cut that. It's
1: fine. <laughs>
0: yeah that's a that's i i like don't uh in some ways it's a it's it's a little surprising but i don't disagree with it necessarily like they have you know they're still probably the most well-rounded team of anyone in the pac 12 they have many things going for them they have a top three quarterback they have mostly a good running game not against usc they've got great defensive backs their running defense is not great but I don't know is it any is it any worse than any of the other teams I don't know so that's not a that's not a horrible pick it's not who I would have picked I would
2: not pick Utah if you said who I trust the most to win the go to the conference championship game because they have to play at Oregon and I do not see them winning that game they are not good on the road
0: yeah they have the toughest path for sure to the Pac-12 title game Matt what about you
1: Avery saying Utah is really making me rethink things um that is insanely shocking to me um Greg says the Rose Bowl is a neutral site. So like it I think <laughs> exactly. it's a fair point. Exactly. I was just um, about to take that. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just about to say that and UCLA has fucking beaten some of these teams on a neutral site.
2: The the difference is that Utah has to get on a plane. <laughs> and that, that fucks with them. Maybe they're scared of planes. I don't know. Like that's a valid fear. I I'm scared of planes. I, I don't.
1: Man, this is tough. I <laughs> God, am I about to say USC? Um, <laughs> God, it's I, a great so pick. D- it's really funny because, like, part of me really wants to really wants to remove USC, but like, I I just don't trust Chip Kelly. I I just don't. I'm really sorry. It I'm I've now I'm now saying I don't trust Chip Kelly instead of DTR. So like, I've at least grown in that <laughs> respect. Um, I just don't trust that UCLA team. I, there's just something about it that's just not sitting right with me. And Oregon, like, you just don't have enough information to trust them, I feel. I feel like between Bo Nicks and Dan Lanning, like, they, there's just a lot of unknown. But, like, when you, when you, but then you can go to Utah and say that they're the known commodity. But I think the problem is that we know that there's some pretty significant flaws there. So, um, my initial reaction here is Oregon. The, the okay. reality here, though, is that, like, if you're picking them at home, I'm picking every single one of these teams against the other one at home. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. If you're picking them on the road, I'm picking every single one of the home teams against every yeah. single one of them. So Well,
2: Reed said that. Reed tweeted that. Reed Hingley. Shout out again of Reed. Really talking about you a lot this podcast. I think he tweeted like, that where he said he, too. He, <laughs> he would pick he would pick any one of these four teams at home. And I like 100 percent agree. UCLA and USC get a little wishy-washy because they both are in LA, but I don't know. I would pick the home team. It's
1: it's kind of that reality of like USC and UCLA are maybe clearly the better teams, but they're so bad on the road. And Oregon and Utah are so improved at home. And they just I, have
2: a huge home field advantage in general that I feel like yeah. the other two teams can't match.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think uh I, for me, I'm going to say uh I'm going to say UCLA and here's here's why. First of all, that the the great comment about Rules Bowl being a neutral site is a joke, but also it kind of is not uh what is ucla's home like home field advantage the fact that another team has to travel and they don't i guess that matters but um i they just beat the shit out of this this utah team with a defensive strategy that i think usc could not replicate and of course you know maybe utah's making some adjustments um but also ucla might they I, this is crazy to say and and uh i'll, I'll caveat this in a bit but they might have the best defense in the Pac 12. Uh,
2: like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, what the fuck? are you. I, think about it. Fuck I mean, you, it's just, Oregon this... State. None of these teams have you're, the best oh, defense. Oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. Oh, yeah, none, none of them have. Are you
0: stupid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're, this is the thing there are no good defenses in the pack 12 There are none. UCLA just might be
2: the best one. It's not UCLA. If I have to pick a team, it's Oregon State followed up by Wazoo. But I agree that there's no great defenses. Of
0: these four, of these four, I would say it's UCLA has the better defense of the four here that we're talking UCLA about. I wish UCLA
2: and Oregon State played. Anyway. I, uh, so I let wish. Me,
0: let, let, let me cook here a little still bit. My, so UCLA, say still
2: my...
0: <laughs> UCLA has, uh, has probably the best win at this point. They just beat... You, they just beat Utah last week. Um, obviously, Washington, that loss is looking a little worse these days, but Washington's 5-2, and two and, you know, I don't know. They're pretty good at home, maybe bad on the road. Uh, UCLA has the best quarterback of the four, I think. Um, not by a huge margin, but DTR has had the better season. Looks more mature, looks more composed. Uh, I think plays better in bigger games. Um, I think UCLA might have the best rushing game in of the four, uh, and I think they have uh, this is hard to say because USC's pass rush is really good but I'll say that they have the best pass rush of the four um, so I, I think those things combined I'd pick UCLA on a neutral site and we've seen them play on a neutral site ish right like you, it wasn't as if the, the the confines of the Rose Bowl are, are very hostile and they beat Utah pretty handily so I'm going to pick UCLA but I, I am very fearful of USC on a Uh, on a neutral site i think that what usc looked like against utah in salt lake city made me feel almost better about usc uh given what they were able to do and what they were able to get they did not look bad they looked very very good it looked like early on if utah did not hang on by a thread they could have gotten blown out the the issue is is reputation and trust and and like you oregon and USC's and
1: usc's injuries
0: I mean, okay, so they lose Jordan Addison. It's tough that they now have, like, what? Fucking three other all-conference receivers? The offensive uh, line and
1: Gentry is a big loss. And, that's, that's correct. That's and true. 2 too, um, was, like, hobbled as well in the second half. So, like, yeah. USC just does not have anywhere close to the depth of the other three. That's where I definitely, like, push UC, USC off to the side.
0: Which is yeah.
2: fucking crazy. <laughs> that's Greg, true, but Greg, I will Greg, say...
0: Go ahead. I, I will say, just real quick, and then we can go to uh, Greg's comment, is that I I do think or there's a bit of a trust reputation factor here. Like, I feel like people should trust Oregon and Utah more than they should trust UCLA and USC. UCLA and USC are uh, resurgent. They are coming, they're sort of like, are coming off of very, very tough years. Like, after five years of being mediocre to bad, they are just sort of emerging now as good. But Oregon and Utah have been doing this. They've been competing for Pac-12 titles for the past four or five years. So, like, I think that, has to be part of the consideration and i don't know it just depends if you're really putting a lot of uh, uh stock and trust then you have to consider oregon and utah so i don't know all four of these teams are super close but avery what was what was greg saying we can go to greg that greg
2: made a really good point that if it's the pac 12 title game and utah or oregon are there it's going to be a home game for them because oregon and utah fans are going to travel better than either of the la schools
0: I don't think that's true. I think like uh, I I think they will travel. Well, Utah fans slightly... are going
2: to travel better than any of the other schools. That's probably it's true. Ambiguous. I don't think
0: it's going to be a big. I don't think it's going to be as big of a disparity. If UCLA goes into that or USC goes into that, like eleven and one, and they play Utah, I I think it would be like a a fifty five forty five split maybe 60 40 like i i think people are sort of like la fans or blah, blah 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 like oh utah fans come out for it but like if usc or ucla are like nationally like recognized they they will come out of the word work for their teams usc fans will absolutely fill that stadium if they're going to be in contention for Nightmare. a playoff Nightmare.
2: spot what I want is for USC fans to crawl back into the woodwork because I'm sick of oh, them. I'm coming fucking annoyed. Yeah, can we talk about that? God, I think <laughs> so this is very annoying.
1: important for the dynamic of our podcast and our listeners <laughs> understanding where we're at. Um Avery, can you tell us what a strong USC has done for our podcast? Oh
2: I've been I've been a Utah hater all year. I have a lot of um un untreated trauma when it comes to Utah. And something about Utah being worse than people expect, it just makes me feel good and warm and fuzzy inside. Anyways, I picked USC to win this game. I wanted USC to win this game. I... Now, now, after interacting with USC fans, when I agreed with them on so many things, I'm like crawling back over to Utah fandom, which makes me sick, sick.
1: Let's be very clear: you interacted for 13 minutes, maybe. Minutes?
2: maybe. I- A- after five minutes of talk about complaining about the officiating, listening to that, I was, I was out of there. I was like, yeah. "Fuck you guys!
1: <laughs> yeah, I told you have five star players.
2: You. Stop complaining."
1: I'm finally understanding why why everyone says the Pac-Twelve needs a strong USC and it's because it galvanizes the other eleven fan bases. <laughs> it really does. It's not that's not untrue. Like it people just are just means now more ha- now. It just means more.
0: <laughs> they are back to hating USC. Everyone is back to absolutely dunking and preying on USC's downfall. Um <laughs> uh anyway uh good discussion anything else about these four teams about who you think is the better team th- factors considerations okay all right well we can uh we can move on let's uh get in some predictions for week seven all right uh let's start with standings a standings update from matthew burton
1: um. Yeah, the group goes one and four. Other than your boy, never fade, Matt. Matt knows ball. This is no. You got
2: two I... right. Yeah, you went two. You went two and three.
1: Infinitely, a hundred percent better than you. hundred <laughs> percent, factually. Um. Everybody, everybody goes one and four, except for me. I go two and three because that's significantly better. Uh. Nobody gets an underdog win here, which. When- <laughs> Brutal, just brutal. Yeah. Uh, so points remain pretty much locked. Avery and Greg at forty-four. Carlos at forty-three. Matt is at forty-one. Greg maintains the tiebreaker on the records. When like considering actual records, we're all one game apart. Yeah. Pretty crazy.
2: It's just which games we've picked.
1: Yeah. We've
2: been crazy. doing a lot better this year. This week was this week sucked, but this is the shit I live for. I yeah. I want to I want to get one right every week. I want the Pac-12 to be that crazy.
0: I will say, I think this is going to be a rare year where, like, the top teams in the Pac-12 aren't having dumb losses. Like, it just doesn't feel like they've got a dumb loss in them. Who knows? Famous last words.
1: We'll find out. Yeah, you sweet summer spirit. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: we also don't have our uh, our Pac-12 pick'em party betting bonanza, whatever we're calling it, because fucking Greg has a spreadsheet locked somewhere. So I believe
2: got- I believe that Matt is um, in the lead again. Oh god. With like 70% or something. Insu- insufferable. I'm still in Truly like third place. Stuff. Which is still the most shocking thing about this. Um, <laughs>
1: oh, Greg finally sent it to me.
0: Ah, oh, jeez. Okay. I don't
2: think it's updated with the rankings, though, is it?
0: Does it, uh, you got to do a bunch of I spreadsheet math.
2: Yeah, let's just let's yeah, just yeah, not let's just talk about it. Oh, how are they
1: Oh my gosh, this is Carlos, they need a middle manager to take this over. Holy oh, hell. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Wow,
0: <laughs> just unreadable.
2: Poor, poor process,
0: poor planning. Only
2: the unpaid interns. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, well, let's just get into our game predictions. Uh, USC and Utah are off this week as are Washington State and Arizona. So a refreshingly light slate of just four games. Thank God.
2: We need to talk uh, about how most of my players um, on my fantasy team come from those teams. So I think oh, I have two uh, guys available this week.
1: Good looking at yeah. I need to update that.
2: One of them is Tanner McKee. So...
1: mckee's on a bye this week
2: no he's one of my guys that's available like one of two
0: yeah and uh stanford has to play who does stanford have to play oh arizona state Ooh, it's pretty good i
2: believe i'm have four wins do you yeah so i'm on i'm on the track for bowl eligibility
0: (laughs) i uh i am at the top of my little league there um gotta have to update it because yeah no caleb williams no jordan addison jordan addison though gotta see what he does bad for fantasy bad for worse for him yeah uh it says out for next game is what the injury report was well, five weeks, he's, so he's done oh yeah. yeah 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 okay, um
1: yeah. i got my first one this week pretty happy about that um i've been absolutely getting cooked yes <laughs> It was your first win. Brutal (laughs) performance. My first win. You are Colorado. I'm like third in our group in like total fantasy points. Like my team is good and I just keep getting matched up. It's 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 giving
2: it's giving Colorado. (laughs)
1: Like I I played Jade Jade Not like the week that he had his day and yeah, just not a good time.
0: (laughs) Rip, rip, rip sad sad all right uh let's let's talk about the actual games first up the big one i think the biggest uh, the biggest one of the slate by uh, a good margin this one is getting college game day again Twelve thirty p.m on fox number 11 number nine you ucla is traveling to number 10 oregon uh this was college game day last year almost exactly a year ago uh so pretty weird that Oregon now gets a shot at hosting this. Oregon is a five and a half point favorite. Avery, who wins, who covers?
2: Listen to me. I I'm trying to pick what my heart tells me to pick and not pick um, to game the point system because holy shit, Oregon five and a half point favorite. UCLA, that's great value. That's three. That's two points right there if UCLA wins. But God, I'm gonna doubt UCLA again and say that Oregon Oregon wins this game and they're gonna cover.
0: Okay. Matt,
1: yeah, I'm also on Oregon. Just taking the home team.
0: Yeah, uh, probably a good strategy to take the home team. We have not seen UCLA on the road though. Really, uh, we saw them against Colorado. We don't <laughs> know what they're like as a road team. DTR had a better season last year on the road than he did at home. He plays his best in big games. I'm picking UCLA to win. Uh, maybe that's a bit of a homer take, but we'll we will find out. Oh, uh, anyway. Uh 1 p.m. Pacific on the Pac-12 Networks. Arizona State traveling to Stanford in what is suddenly a weirdly maybe interesting game. Stanford is a three-point favorite, Matt who wins who covers.
1: It's weirdly interesting. Stop it. Sicko's game of the week. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Ew, dude. What the fuck? Do we have do we know what's going on at quarterback for ASU right now?
0: I, it's gotta be Trenton Baguette, right? Better Is me. it
1: is it Baguette again? Baguette still?
0: Trenton
2: Baguette. I haven't Um, heard any updates on that.
1: Yeah, I have no idea. (laughs) I'm going to pick Arizona
2: State. (laughs) Avery? Yeah, I'm going to pick Arizona State. I'm I'm fully on Arizona State bowl eligibility grind right now, and I think they're going to win this game.
0: Oh, I don't know. It's like, do we do we like that Arizona State beat who did they beat Washington? Do we like that Arizona State beat Washington more or that Stanford beat Notre Dame? I don't know. No no
1: no, uh, no, no, no. You're missing it. Does Arizona State have a better anything than Notre Dame? Because anything means they win. <laughs>
0: Okay, but you all are forgetting that this is a home game for Stanford.
1: Oh, no, you're so right. You're so right.
0: <laughs> Give me Stanford. I'm going to pick Stanford. <laughs> I'm going to pick Stanford. I am going to, I don't know, 30 points. I guess I picked them to cover. Uh, Yeah, I'm picking Stanford. Uh, okay. 5 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network's newly minted winner Colorado traveling to the graveyard to play Oregon State. Oregon State is a 23 and a half point favorite. for Avery who Three. went to cover. Carlos,
2: you're going to this game. You're I am going electric. to this
0: game. Yeah. Um,
2: Oregon State's going to win. Oregon State is going to cover. Don't let Colorado trick you. It was because <laughs> tricked of Wilcox. It was Wilcox.
0: Yeah. Justin Wilcox isn't over there calling plays for, for Oregon State. Okay, so you're picking you're picking Oregon State to cover 23 and a half points.
2: Oh yeah. Give it to okay.
0: me. Okay. Yeah. Matt. Lay 'em all day. Lay them. <laughs> twice. I don't care. Who cares? Find <laughs> an alt line.
2: Let's let's
1: actually make some money here. Absolutely. Oregon State by 100.
0: Um God, it's at home. Colorado. Do we think they have something here? <sighs>
1: we think they have something i mean Good look oregon man. state's
0: gonna win but do i think they're gonna cover 23 and a half points oh my god i'm not they could they're struggling to score 23 and a half points right now give me colorado to cover um i know that sounds insane but they've done it once and so now i don't feel crazy for thinking they'll they'll do it but oregon state will win for sure uh cool. and then finally pack 12 after dark 7 30 pacific on espn uw traveling to the bay area to play cal uw is an eight point favorite matt who wins who covers Avery, is this the bad vibes?
2: Oh yeah, it's the bad vibes game. God damn it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a second Sekos game then?
2: <laughs> oh! Extra, extra Hell curse. <laughs> what this the game's fuck? gonna be so ass. Uh,
1: I'm picking you dub, but man, I wanna throw up. Oh my god, I wanna throw up.
2: <laughs> Avery! oh yeah I'm, I'm picking cal uh <laughs> i think cal is so fucking bad i like can't even put into words how bad i think cal is um but s- something about something about pac 12 after dark and berkeley makes me think that UW should not be favored by eight <laughs> points so give me give me cal to win this how many points will i get if cal wins four
1: uh, uh, I mean, for now, unless the line closes, you get three.
2: Okay, whatever. Like, you're so, gonna
0: tell me the line moves towards Cal? No fucking way. <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, we move the line, Carlos. Go bears. The witch moves the line. Come on. Bears now.
2: country, we <sighs> we ride. God, I
0: <laughs> I like don't know uh, because Washington is clearly a better team, but. We're, n- we're forgetting about Washington's absolutely cursed history in Berkeley, and if there's anything oh, no, we know not. about Washington... <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Oh, I don't feel good about this at all, but I'm going to pick Washington, but I do not. I'm going to pick Washington just for the graphic, just so that Avery gets the, uh, uh-huh. the One Gal logo on there. Um, <laughs> but... Oh, I don't let the record show I do not feel good about this one at all.
2: <laughs> the line being eight it feels so wrong. It's so incorrect.
0: Something is terribly wrong. Because right, it so- should, because like
1: it should be like 13, 15, like e- even Vegas. Something knows. normal. Something even normal Vegas knows. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, those are the games. I wanted to ask, uh, since, since the Pac-12 gets another College Game Day game and it's going to be uh, Oregon-UCLA again, I can't remember if we talked about this last year, but are y'all big like, fans of College Game Day, either watching it on TV or, or actually participating in it?
2: Um, I don't really care about College Game Day unless they have a good guest. Also, it's so early. Now that I'm on the um, West Coast, time. Like, I don't want to wake up. <laughs> I don't want to wake up that earlier. I would never go to a college game day unless it happened to me in college. Like I don't, I just do not care enough to wake up that early and try to go. So I have no really, I don't really have an interest in it.
1: Yeah, no, I never watch it. Uh, game days are a riot. If you're a kid, like I did go to, um, to the one in, I think it was 08 when they were here, when they were in Salt Lake. So I've been to it. It's like, it's fine. It's not a, like if you're any sort of an adult, that has any sort of thin patience whatsoever definitely don't go you'll want to kill 18 people but um (laughs) but yeah like it's fun it's fun to go to it's i have zero interest in watching it and like there's way better things to do on a saturday morning
0: yeah i uh i i absolutely i went to like a college game day for like a, a ucla basketball game against arizona back in like 2012 or whatever fucking horrific like why would i get like i gotta get up at 4 a.m be there for like 4 30 or something and then i i stand in the dark and i yell like once every 10 minutes like, or something It's
1: like five hours like, it's, it's bad forever. it's not
0: good it is not fun i don't know like do people i'm I, am i doing it wrong hey tweet at me at equity bruin if you feel like that's like a fun thing to do and i'm doing it wrong tell me what do i need to be doing at college game day to actually enjoy this experience you need to think, go on
2: a no truck stop
0: shirt that would be very funny. Just wear my, just hold up our notes. Then I'm doxing myself at that point. And then I'm telling everybody uh, who I am and,
1: and oh, where no, I'm at. That and be so terrible. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> People hate us, Matt. People want to fucking murder. We'll hate us. you. We'll <laughs> hate you. And Avery, <laughs> they hate Avery too. Individually. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but no one's gonna, no one's gonna hurt me in in Eugene or actually. <laughs> i don't know about Fuck, that come on know. they do not like me there either the
1: second the utah fans hear this episode and find out that avery has come back into the fold has repented of her sentence like that she's got an army behind her it's they're, great
0: they're gonna dm her being like oh you see that carlos guy's a fucking asshole you yeah. believe us, right
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was it was always the influence of, of the cat uh, it's
2: yeah <laughs> I don't have original thoughts. No original thoughts. I just wait for (laughs) Carlos to tell me what to say. Um.
0: (laughs) Truly insane.
2: All right. Well, that was
0: our show. Uh, If you want more Pac-12 stuff to dive into, we're talking about Pac-12 all week. Uh, Check out our Patreon at notruckstops.com if you want any of that. Or follow any of us on Twitter. We're always doing some sort of crazy... uh, Discourse. All of our ats are mentioned in our bio at no truck stops pod on Twitter. So go check that out and send us your questions on Twitter also. Flock did a great job last week sending us a question over DM. We love questions like that. Send us more. DM us, uh, any of us. Uh, But if you want to make sure it gets read at no truck stops pod on Twitter and and we'll get to it. Anyway, that's Avery. That's Greg. That's Matt. I'm Carlos. This was no truck stops. Thank you for listening. And remember, there are no truck stops here.
1: Greg, you're a truck stop this week. Sorry. You're a truck
0: stop, buddy. Bye.
2: to where been. said I'm lonelier than a single sex on a quiet city street. Things aren't always greener on the sunny side of the street. And I don't mind if the sun don't shine. Bloody well, those suits be fine. Pouring up the best wine on the boat tonight. I think I'll be a superstar.